your giving. Open your Bibles to Joel, Isaiah, and Ephesians. We're going to read a little bit from three different segments of scriptures this morning. Joel, Isaiah, and Ephesians. Well, we are experiencing a South Dakota winter at its full force. Cold, snow, wind, it's all here. And it probably all happens in a 24-hour period. I guess we're going to be cold all week. And then it's going to... Now, by next Sunday, we'll think you're in the heater. You'll come in T-shirts and shorts. It's supposed to be 30 degrees next week on Sunday, so... It will definitely be a, a welcome relief after this week. One of the things that, that I think about during winter, besides food, because I eat a lot more during the winter, <laughs> is just the idea that really, this whole, that, we can, that God is so real. And we, and, you know, we, we probably go into our houses a little bit earlier than we do during the summer, and we, we don't have as many projects going on because you can't go outside and take care of the yard. And, all. and it's just a great time to just spend more time with Jesus, just to spend more time thinking and talking and fellowshipping with him. And, and it, it's just a great opportunity to say, God, what are you saying? And as we start this year, we finish off this week. We have today, tomorrow, and Tuesday as we finish off our prayer and fasting. Finish strong. And if you haven't signed up for a day, that's okay. Pick a meal and fast this week. Pick a day and fast this week. And fast with us as we finish strong, believing God that he is going to pour out his spirit on us in this last days of these last hours before he comes back. And I believe that with all my heart, that that's exactly where we are. God has been calling us to more. He's calling us to more than just an ordinary life, more than just an ordinary Christian life. You've heard me say this week after week, he is calling us to make a difference. Last few weeks, we've been in this series called Pouring. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, God. And, and, and we're, we, we talk about the fact that we want God to pour out his Holy Spirit on us. But really what we want him to do is pour his Holy Spirit through us. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, there should be an automatic, uh, automatic, um, lost my thought here, word I'm trying to come up with, but there is, there is a response that takes place. There's, a res- there's something that happens in our lives where we automatically have the Holy Spirit in us, and then he uses that power flowing through us to minister to others. And so it comes and, and we, it just flows through us. He doesn't fill us just so we can go, ooh, that was a good service. That was fun. This is all exciting. That's part of it. Those are our benefits of it. But the reality is his Holy Spirit is poured out upon us to flow through us to be witnesses, to change the lives of people. And as we talked about last week, uh, we have got to say, God, use me. God, use me. Take me and use me. So this morning, we're going to continue on this theme of pouring. But before we get there, we're going to have some fun. 
So I've asked Goldie and Pastor Haven to come. How many of you remember going to gym class? We are not going to gym class. But how many remember when the teacher said, hey, Goldie, you're going to be the captain of this team. Pastor Haven, you're going to be the captain of this team. And then all of you stand on the line, and we're going to pick teams. And what was the goal of picking teams, being picked? You don't want to be last. I just want to be picked. So this morning, I, I hear there's a couple of football games happening this afternoon. Something about a big game in two weeks that they're looking to go play in. Um, but instead of playing a, a Super Bowl or a football game, I thought we would do a Bible Knowledge Bowl. How, how well is your Bible knowledge? Now you're all going, pick me last, pick me last. <laughs> so we're going to pick two teams of five. And so Goldie, who are you going to pick? I'm taking Karen Adams. Woo, Karen's been picked. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> All right, Pastor Haven, uh, your turn to pick. Start with a big swinger here, Micah. <laughs> All right, Micah's been chosen. <laughs> so, you know, as you're picking these people, you probably want to have some strategy in picking. You know, when, when I was, you know, when you, were in high, when, when you were in school and they said pick, you know, if you were the captain, who'd you pick first? Your friends. Or the person who actually could play the game. Who didn't you want? The person that tripped over their two feet walking, right? Because you didn't want, they can't play the game. So maybe we want some people with some knowledge of maybe the New Testament, Maybe somebody else that's got knowledge of the Old Testament. I don't know. Have some strategy. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the captain. I'll let them pick. Goldie, your turn. Ted. Ted. <laughs> Ted has been picked. Ted is our secret weapon. <laughs> your turn, Pastor Haven. We got... <laughs> There we go. We got two. We got three more on each team. Go ahead, Goldie. I am going with Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who else, Pastor Haven? Picking Keith. Oh. All right, here we go. All right, we're going to play Bible trivia here in a minute. You've got two more to go. One more, Goldie. <laughs> I'm off the table. <laughs> the strategy is taking place here. Jan has been chosen. 
Pastor Haven. He's, he's kind of going all male here. What's that? <laughs> Last choice. This is your last choice to put your team together. Last choice. Are you coming to help? Woohoo! There's the knowledge right there. Diane. All right, you got one last choice. This could make or break your whole team. Uh, pastors are not pastors, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with Rita. Oh. <laughs> you get Carl, too? I get Carl, too. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here is... They each one got picked. They got chosen. Do you feel disappointed that you weren't chosen? (laughs) (laughs) Question number one. Who is Solomon's great-grandson's wife's uncle? And what did he do? You you know this. You're a Bible college student, right? uh, It was uh, Jeroboam. (laughs) (laughs) What did he do? He was a that was his wife's uncle? Yeah, his wife's uncle was Jeroboam. <laughs> You're making stuff up now. I was making stuff up. I'm really not going to have you have a quiz because really what I was all about was picking people because you know what? They were chosen and each one of us has been chosen by God to have his Holy Spirit poured out upon us. And just as we went through and we chose people, God has gone through and he has chosen each of us. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Thank you for being good sports. How many, else, how many other people fell asleep when they started reading the begats? And, you know, that's where they always want to pull the Bible knowledge tests out of, you know? It's like, what? Literally, we had a, a, a college professor that tried things like that in the tests. I want to talk to you today about the pouring of the Holy Spirit one more time, but in a more personable way. God has pouring, wants to pour his Holy Spirit out on you. Yes, you. He wants to pour it out on you. On you. He wants to pour his Spirit out on you. I think we resist that God really wants to pour it out on me, that God, I'm I'm not able, I'm I'm not talented enough, I'm not gifted enough, I'm not whatever, and we say, God, you won't do it through me. But I'm telling you this morning that the Bible says that he wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and that is you, and you, and you, and you, that is every one of us he wants to pour his spirit out. And not only on you, but through you to impact a world, to take broken people and see God use you to bring them back to wholeness. 
Just what we sang about this morning. God is so desperate to see people come to the knowledge and the wholeness that he brings for them. And he wants to flow through you to impact people. You, he wants to use. You, he wants to use. You, he wants to use. Every one of us, he wants to pour out his spirit on. Stop resisting. Stop denying and say, yes, Lord. Yes, I'll receive. Stand with me as we read the word this morning. We're in Joel chapter 2. Just reading two verses this morning, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on just those who want it. Maybe I better reread that, huh? Should have brought my glasses. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Look at Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from, with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, have I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell this people. Ephesians chapter 2. One verse, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in in them. Father, when Jesus left this earth, he said, I must leave so I can send the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost in the New Testament, Peter said, this is what the prophet Joel talked about. 
Send your Holy Spirit once again. Pour through us. We, each one in this room, pour your Holy Spirit out on us. Your sons and your daughters, your men servants, your old men, your old women. God, pour out your Spirit on us. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. God is desperate to engage people through his Holy Spirit, and he promises to pour out his flesh, spirit on all flesh. That includes you. You are not exempt. In fact, I would say not only are you not exempt, but just like each one of these team members, you've been called, you've been picked, you've been chosen and anointed for such a time as this. You are chosen. Our number one excuse is that I'm not talented, I'm not gifted, I'm not good enough, I I might have a a sin in my life that I'm dealing with, and we've always got our excuses to say to God, God, you're never going to pour out your spirit on me. I'm a nobody. I'm just, we live in South Dakota. Nobody even knows this place exists. Who are we, God? Who am I? I'm nothing. But God says, you are chosen. You are chosen. You are chosen by God. You're not left out. You're not still standing on the line at the end of the period saying, I wish somebody would have picked me to play on their team. You've been chosen to be on God's team. And he wants to pour out his spirit on you. In fact, when we tell God that we're not good enough, that we don't want to, when we just think that we aren't have enough talent or ability, we're diminishing his power. We're saying, God, you're not big enough to overcome the creation you made me. God made you. He created you. And he wants to pour out his spirit on you. Quit denying it. Quit stopping it. Quit hindering what God wants to do. Can you take your arm and pinch it? Does it hurt? Don't pinch that hard. There's, there's flesh there. There's flesh, right? Nobody's skinless, are they? I hope not. Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your flesh. You're created by God. And He has chosen you. And He wants to pour out His Spirit on you. He's chosen you. He's picked you. He's, he's, he said, This, this is the time. In these days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit 
on all flesh, and that is you and I. Have you ever just sat down and kind of read the Bible? Not necessarily just reading it for theology or doctrine, but just reading the stories of the Bible. It would make one whale of a soap opera. God never picked or chose perfect people. <laughs> he picked some winners. We all think of David when he killed Goliath and thought, oh, he's such a great hero. But David was an adulterer. David was a horrible father. Have you read the stories about his kids? Yet God said that David was a man after his heart. David wasn't perfect. Moses was hiding in the desert. He killed somebody. And he went off and hid. God had chosen him from day one to be the deliverer, but he went and hid. And how did God finally get a hold of him? Burning bush. In that encounter with God, is there ever an account in that speech that God said, well, I know you're a murderer, and I know you're no good, and I know you can't talk, and I know you can't? Never once. He says, I've got a job for you. I've called you. I've put my spirit upon you to go and deliver the people from their, their bondage. God doesn't see our weaknesses and our failures. He sees that he's called us. He's created us. He's chosen us. And he sees that he has made us for a purpose. Do you remember this guy named Saul in the New Testament? We talk about him as Paul today, and we make him a hero. But he was a murderer. He was, a, he was killing people just because they served, oh, this guy named Jesus. And then he knocks him off his donkey. And says, yo, quit persecuting and start serving. God is not looking at our lives and our, our, our perfection or getting into some perfect place that we have to know certain things or be certain person that he's waiting for us to become in order for his spirit to be poured out upon us. He's just waiting for willing vessels to say, here I am, pour out your spirit on me. I'm ready, I'm willing, I want to be that person to have your spirit poured out just like you've promised on all flesh. But you know, I was reading through some of Acts this week and I hit that verse again, I brought it up last week, but you hit that verse again where it says, 
that they were added to their number daily. They went from house to house, and they added up. And I kept thinking about that. I don't think the disciples were the only ones adding to their number daily. Somebody was bringing those people in. Somebody was inviting them to these meetings. Somebody was inviting them into their homes. It was, it was just people like you and I. It was the people who made up the church. The people that we never hear their names, that's never recorded in the Gospels, never recorded in Acts, their names. But they were the ones doing the work of the ministry. Bringing people to the church, bring people into the house, telling them about Jesus, investing in them, making a difference in them, letting the Spirit flow through them to touch lives. I think we, we look around and we want to always look and say, well, look at the names. Billy Graham. Wow. Maybe some of you younger people don't know him. <laughs> Billy Graham was a great evangelist. Big meetings. He came to Sioux Falls here in my senior year of high school, and we filled Howard Wood Stadium. Packed it out. Do you know how many people Billy Graham actually invited to that crusade? Probably zero. Do you know... How many people were invited by people that we don't know their names? And their friends got saved, their family got saved because they invited somebody. We say, oh, well, Billy Graham, he led all these people to the Lord. Do you know how many people he prayed with at the altar? Zero. He never got off the stage. He never came down and said, oh, let me, no. I was there. I was counseling people. I was leading people to the Lord. Other people had been trained to come and lead people to the Lord. It was people like you and I who he was pouring his Holy Spirit through us. We always think of the big names. But I'm telling you the heroes in heaven are going to be the everyday people who were down in the, in the ground-breaking moments being the Holy Spirit, flowing through them. In Walmart, in the grocery store, in your house, in your garage, in your neighborhood, where you just have conversations with people and you let the Holy Spirit flow through you. That's what he wants to do through us. Because he's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen you to pour out his Spirit on. He's chosen you to pour out his spirit on. Jesus said it in John 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and what? Bear fruit. That your fruit should what? Remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he may give you. The second thing, you were chosen and now you are called. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were called into ministry. 
You were recruited, you were called, you were appointed, you were given a duty. You had a place in the kingdom. You had a job to do. You had a ministry to fulfill. We have, we have messed it up in the American church saying that all ministry is done by paid professionals. And that is the least of the ministry that should be being done. Because every day of every, every hour of every day, we, every one of us should be in ministry, being the Holy Spirit flowing through us, using us, because he has called us to be in ministry, to be in the lives of people. He has called us. And you are important in the kingdom. For such a time as this, you have been called. You have been appointed. I said this a few weeks ago. Sometimes I wish that maybe I would be born in a different generation. God, maybe not now. But then you stop and you think about it. No, I'm glad I was born right now because this is when God chose me. This is what time God chose me to be a part of. This is the time he chose me to be a preacher, to be a pastor, to be a proclaimer of these moments he chose for this time. And I'm going to embrace that and not hide from it. And we as individuals need to be used by God and say, God, you've called me. You have called me. Can you, I know we talk about Esther a lot, but can you imagine going into a king and and knowing that you could really lose your life? But because you've believed that the Holy Spirit flowing through you has spoken to you for such a time as this, to stand up and do what God has called us to do. And I'm telling you, God has called us for such a moment as now. And he is calling us to step out. And just like Esther, we have got to do it. We may do it with fear and trembling, but we've got to step out. We've got to go do what he's calling us to do. We cannot continue to hide in our buildings and say, oh, the kingdom of God will come. God will do something else. He'll use somebody else. He'll do it through somewhere else. No, it's our time. He's called us. And he says, now's the time to go. There is so many people who are desperately in need of somebody to show them Jesus Christ. Look around you. I walk through the grocery store and I just, all I see is broken people. They're hurting. I have walked through and, and been in encounters with people where tears are running down their face because they're broken and they're hurting. Their lives are falling apart. Their families are falling apart. Everything is falling apart. And they need Jesus to come and bring wholeness to their hurt. But too often, all they get is condemnation. All we come out with is we either avoid them or we condemn them. And they're looking for somebody to just be Jesus to them. Just give them truth. To pray with them. 
And, and you know, sometimes you can't even, I can't even tell you what to do. Sometimes, most of the time, it should just be, Holy Spirit, I have been in tune with you this morning. I've been in tune with you today. I've been letting your spirit flow through me. Now I encounter this person. Give me the words to speak. Give me the things to do. Give me the moment. This is your moment, God. This is your moment, God. Use me. I don't know how to change their life. I can't heal their marriage. I can't answer their prayer. I don't even, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to get in your way, but I am here to be used of you. And so Holy Spirit, flow through me. One person that you encounter may want you, may need you to say to them, God knows your sin because the Holy Spirit directs you to speak it into their lives. And you need to repent and you need to come clean. The next person, if you did that too, and what we do is, it worked with that guy, I'm going to go do it with the next guy. And the next person you do it to says, oh, wham, and knocks you into the tomorrow really fast. Because they don't want to hear it, but the Holy Spirit says, they just need you to listen. Close your mouth, listen, and speak when I tell you to. See, that's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a flowing encounter with God, flowing through us. And everything that we do and everybody we encounter is going to be different. You cannot come up with a cookie-cutter program to say this is how the Holy Spirit moves. Because every person, every person that you engage with, it will be different. We had a, a couple who were living together in one of the churches I pastored. God was working on them. They were getting, they, got, they had gotten saved and we were, and I had several people come up to me and say, you need to tell them they need to get married. Nowhere has the Holy Spirit told me to tell them that. In fact, I didn't need to tell them that. They knew that. He was a painter, and they left town and went and painted some motorcycles down in Arizona, Nevada, Nevada. And while they were there, they went to one of those cute little chapels in Las Vegas and got married. And they came back, and when they got back, they said, can we have a ceremony here as well to declare that we have gotten right with God and we've made this thing right? I said to him years later, I said, if I had come to you and said, go get married for he said, we would have walked out of this church and never come back. You see, you got to be careful. You got to be obedient. You got to let the Holy Spirit work because when he works, he knows the people, he knows their heart, and he knows how to reach them. And we can't get so cookie cutter that we think we know, but we're called to just be available and say, God, here I am. He's chosen you and he's called you to impact people. Well, I'm not an evangelist. What's that have to do with anything? I think Matthew says go into all the world and it doesn't give a preference to who that is. That means all of us. We're all called. We're all called to go and preach the gospel. Look at that Isaiah passage again.
I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. And what did he say? Go and tell this people. God is calling us. The question is, how will you respond? Isaiah responded by saying, here am I. Most of us today say, there is my spouse. There is that person. There's somebody outgoing over there. They're really good at it. But God called you to go to this people. Who is this people? The people in your life. Doug and Sharon live in a different community than Sioux Falls. We're not going to reach the people where they live. God's called them to go to this people. There's people that you're going to reach that I'm never going to meet. There's people that you're going to come in contact with that somebody else in this room will never, ever, ever have an opportunity to. And then there's people that you and I both may be really good friends with. But God's called you with the right way and the right personality and the right giftings to speak into their life. And I would totally turn them off and offend them. You see, it's all about the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, listening, 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 because you've been called and you've been anointed for such a time as this. There's something very powerful about that passage in Isaiah. Woe is me. I can't go. I'm too full of sin. I've got all these problems. And the seraphim comes and says, let's deal with that then. And he touched their lips and cleansed them and said, now you're pure. Now it's over. You're purged. You're clean. Isn't that what God does to us? We got saved. He cleansed us. He changed us. Think about your own story. Think about your own coming to Christ, how you met Jesus, how your life was transformed. How can you not be available for the Holy Spirit to flow through you to bring that transformation to the lives of somebody else? Because you've been anointed. You've been anointed. I'm too quiet. I'm too shy. God doesn't care. When his spirit flows, he speaks through us. He speaks through us. Why? Because just like Isaiah, he has come and he has touched your lips and anointed you to go to this people. He has anointed you. We 
We always want. We always want and think of the Holy Spirit moving as what happens on Sunday morning. We always think of the Holy Spirit moving as goosebumps, as feeling good, as this overwhelming sense of his presence. That's just a piece of it. There is absolutely nothing that rivals the presence of the Holy Spirit when he works through you to touch somebody else's life to the point that they would surrender their heart to Jesus Christ. No matter how high you can get on Sunday morning in worship, it doesn't even come close to how high you get with the presence of God and the feeling of of God's power when he works through you and you get to speak into somebody's life and they surrender their heart and say, hey, God, you're at work here and I want to give my life to you. I'm telling you, the excitement and the joy and the power of his presence, there's nothing like it. You see, he's called you. He has anointed you. He has anointed you. Yes, you. There's not one person in this room that can hide and say, that's not me. Pastor's not talking to me today. No, God's talking to you. I'm not. God is. God's talking to you. Each of us. He has called us, and he wants to pour out, because if, if he's going to say in his word that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, then if, he are, if you take yourself out of that equation, then you aren't flesh. But you are. We already proved that. You pinched yourself. And so he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That's you. He's called you and anointed you. And he is going to he is going to have results through you. Through your life. This church has a legacy over the last 9 years of a growing missions budget and an encounter with missionaries and supporting and treasuring the missions. And I'm sure that that goes beyond the nine years that I've been here. But that treasure of supporting missions and missionaries and and impacting the world. But let me tell you, that legacy ends if we don't do the same thing here. We have... We are called to raise up the next generation. If this is who who Calvary is, if this is what he's called us to be, a missions-giving, mission-supporting church, and we will give everything we've got to missionaries, that's fine, that's phenomenal. But then, God, you have, but we still have a job to do here because if we don't raise up the next generation of missions-givers, if we don't raise up the next generation of people to be involved in the kingdom business, then we're going to have, there's not going to be anything to give. Not going to be anybody to give. And I go back to this. We have got to raise up the next generation of people to serve Jesus Christ. And you, you are called. You are chosen. You are anointed. 
for that task. Would you stand with me? Father, speak into our lives this morning. First question I ask you is have you given your life to Jesus Christ? If you haven't given your own heart to Jesus Christ, he can't, you can't encounter this Holy Spirit we're talking about. But maybe the Holy Spirit's already working on you this morning and you're here or watching online and you say, I want, I want to experience that outpouring of his presence. I want to experience that forgiveness that we, we sang about this morning, that, that wholeness, that, that taking a broken life and finding Jesus and being healed. If that's you this morning, we want to pray with you. We don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to pray with you, and we want to, we want to have an encounter with you just to, to meet Jesus this morning. If you're online, please email us at sfcalvary at gmail.com. We'll connect with you. If you're in this room, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to meet Jesus this morning. I have not given my life to him, and today's the day. Now I'm going to ask you this question this morning. I'm going to Go back to Isaiah. Whom, whom shall I send? Who will go? Who will say yes? Pour out your spirit through me. Who will say, I'll go, God. Let your Holy Spirit flow. When the Holy Spirit begins to flow, it's not scary. It's not fearful. Because it's not us. It's him. I step out, not in my power, but in his I go where he's told me to go. I follow where he tells me to speak and how to speak. And then I speak out and see what he does and see how he pours and how he moves and how he does great things. Who will say, here am I? Who will say, here am I? I'll go, Lord. Who will answer the call and say, Holy Spirit, pour yourself out on me. I'm ready to go. If that's you, would you come? Would you come this morning and say, here am I, Lord. I want to be abused by you. I, I want your spirit to be poured out on me, and I want to go where you want me to go. You are chosen. You are called. You are chosen. You are called, and you are anointed. Hallelujah. 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 Just surrender your life. Surrender your heart. Surrender your spirit this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Will you say, here am I, Lord, here am I, here am I, here am I, here am I. I may have unclean lips, I may not be pure, I may not be, be this perfect person that, you, that I think I should be, but God, here am I. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. I come and say, yes, Lord, pour out your spirit on me. Pour out your spirit on me. Here am I.